we will be exploring the many faces of Latin America with author Dr. Adam Jones, who's recently published his first photography book, Latin American Portraits. And I know you've had this feeling after taking a vacation and coming back home and saying, ah, you know, that didn't seem like I got the rest and relaxation. Well, if you've got that problem, we're going to deal with that with a nationally recognized multimedia radio talk show host and producer, Patricia Raskin, on how to rejuvenate during your vacation and how to find that right relaxation experience. If you want to join in on the conversations, call our studio line at 888-463-6748. That's 888-GO-FOR-IT. And But first, we'd like to invite you to sign up for our Traveling On Club newsletter and also play our Traveling Trivia Contest to win great prizes. And the prize this week, actually, is the book that we're featuring at the top of the hour, um, Latin American Portraits. And uh, you can sign up to... Uh, sign up for those great things at our website at travelnashon.com. And, of course, if you have any questions for our guests, call us on the guest line at 888-463-6748. Well, you know, Adam Jones is no stranger to travel. Born in Singapore, he grew up in England, and he relocated to Canada all before he turned eight years old. Adam's solo travels began when he returned to Singapore on a scholarship to the United World College of Southeast Asia at the age of 16. And after that, there was really no stopping him. The author of several books, including Crimes Against Humanity, A Beginner's Guide, his, his first photography book, Latin America Portraits, stems from his special passion for Latin America, which developed over the course of his voyaging. Adam has traveled the world, visiting all populated continents in over 70 countries, but remaining intensely drawn to Latin America destinations. And we're happy to welcome him to our show today. Adam Jones, welcome to Traveling On. Very glad to be with you, Tanya. Thank you very much. Well, it's our pleasure. Now, you, um, I'm envious with all your travels. You know, I didn't really start traveling until I, I was in my 20s, but you did and saw a lot. Uh, at the age of, of 16, how has that impacted you at such a, a young age? And uh, I'm, I'm sure you, you got bit by the bug. And, you know, I say travel is kind of like politics. When it bites you, or theater, maybe theater is a little bit more <laughs> more palatable these days. But, you know, when that bug bites you, it, it, it never leaves. Is that Has that been your experience? Yeah, that's unquestionably the case. Uh, it may be in the genes in my case because uh, my mother was an airline stewardess with Pan Am in the late 50s, and my father was an Air Force officer in the British Royal Air Force. Uh, and uh, I was just having a conversation with them a few days ago in the wake of these terrible events in Mumbai, and uh, I'd, I'd spent most of the summer in India, and I said, oh, you know, of course I never got up to Mumbai never been there and my mother said well actually you have when you were eight months old you passed through bombay airport <laughs> on route to england and and so the family was very um uh, very much into roaming and rambling and much of the very early traveling that i did was in their company so i i have to give them a lot of credit and the school that you mentioned and the experience of at age 16 going overseas to Singapore and, and living in a, an international school with people from over 50 different countries. Uh, uh, Singapore, of course, being right in the hub of the wheel of Southeast Asia, so very accessible uh, to go over to Malaysia, up to Thailand, over to Indonesia, Philippines, Hong Kong, and, 
and uh, I was pretty much set. I, I lived in China for a year after that and was pretty much set on focusing on Asia. And then I lived in China for a year and thought, hmm, maybe not, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, reconfigured my worldview uh, very substantially when I had my first experience with Latin America in the mid-'80s and uh, paid a visit as part of a solidarity delegation to Nicaragua. And uh, then there was really no stopping me, I think, and I've, I've really soaked up that region ever since uh, above all other places. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was just thinking as you were talking how – how much the world, even, you know, I studied a uh, semester of law in, in China and, and have gone back since I'm, um, you know, embarking on a, a backpacking trip. So I, I can talk very uh, uh, articulately about the best airports to sleep in in Asia because I had no money as a student. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah I've, had a, <laughs> I've had a few sort of uh, third-class uh, 48-hour train rides in China that have that are probably still imprinted on my on my musculature <laughs> to some extent. What year was that? May I ask that you were in China? Uh, 1996 was my first uh, my first summer there in Shanghai at the uh, East China University of Politics and Law. Wow, I was yeah. at East China Normal University in Shanghai, and uh, that was in 1983-84, so very early in the whole transformation post Mao. And uh, I have not been back to China since. So can you imagine me going back to Shanghai today after 25 oh. years and the transformations that that city must have undergone in that time? My you wouldn't recognize it, Adam. You wouldn't recognize it. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, One of the things that I wanted to ask you just based on our opening a conversation with you is that with all of these events that are going on around the world, uh, Clearly, there's the uh, Indian situation that we've all heard about in Mumbai, and right. then there are uh, matters that are taking place right now, more civil strife in uh, Nigeria and so forth. But this is a wonderful planet that we have. It's a wonderful world with all sorts of interesting people. What, what would you say to someone who wants to view the world, wants to see more of it, but, but they're so afraid, so turned off by, by these incidents that have taken place because these are very scary things to to someone who might be thinking about taking a dream trip only to think that it's going to end in a very tragic way. Well, that's quite true. Of course, 9-11 is a reminder that we can sit at home and perhaps those terrible things will come to us, so it's not necessarily uh, um, uh, to our advantage to stay put. But uh, I, I think more generally, and I encounter this a lot with my students, my undergraduate students. Uh, to whom I'm teaching international politics and politics of the third world and so on. Um, and many of them are extremely interested and passionate about traveling. Some of them do have preoccupations about it. Uh, I think to some extent those preoccupations and the basis for them differ somewhat for women, and so I, I shouldn't overstate the case about the security of traveling because it is often different for female travelers especially traveling solo. Um, but I think, you know, to some extent I can kind of offer myself to my students and others at this point and say, look, if humanity was this terrible, would it have been possible for me to pass unscathed through 80 countries over the last 30 years and be, and be basically welcomed at every turn and assisted and only very, very rarely exploited and, and never seriously assaulted? So... Um, 
Uh, in many ways, when uh, and I think you mentioned at the, at the outset that one of my recent academic books is on crimes against humanity. I've published a lot of stuff on genocide, so I'm in many ways very deeply immersed in the miseries and atrocities that are that are consuming our world. Uh, but when I want to think about what inspires me and gives me hope, I only have to really think about uh, having done all that traveling, having been vulnerable, I mean, so far from anywhere where if human nature really was to, uh, to attack and, and, and to harm other people, surely it would have come my way many dozens of times over the past few years. And, and in fact, everywhere you go, and certainly uh, Latin America is a standout in this regard, uh, people are um, overwhelmingly hospitable and, and supportive of your enterprise and curious about where you're coming from and what you have to contribute to their day and their community. Um, mm. so it, it, the travel inspires me on many levels, and I think that's one of the reasons that the bug stays as, as virulent as it is. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, it's, it's your work, actually, um, your research and, and your work in um, humanitarian efforts uh, that actually help develop your affinity for for latin america um absolutely yeah, yeah talk, many, talk a little bit about that and, and your work your previous work that yeah. took you to the to the region well i i think it's been true at every stage in of my travels in the sense that i've always tried to find a fertile trade-off between traveling and my academic uh work so don't tell my PhD supervisors, but when I was actually <laughs> developing that project, one of my first thoughts was, where do I really want to go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I settled on a, a short list of Nicaragua, Jordan, South Africa, and Russia, and then said, okay, what can I study comparatively among those countries? So to some <laughs> extent, it's, a, it's a, bit, a, a lot of my professional life is driven by my desire to to know the world and to then bring those experiences back to inform my teaching and, and my writing. As far as Latin America is concerned, um, my first encounter with it really is a region to pay attention to probably came while I was living in China, and an American student down the hall just had a couple of books on the civil wars and political crises in Central America during the early 80s, uh, and I picked them up and read them moved to Australia after that and read more, and by the time I returned to Canada, where I have grown up, um, I was quite ready to involve myself in some of the work that was going on at the time around Nicaragua uh, and the Sandinista Revolution there, and became involved in an organization called Tools for Peace, which was delivering farming supplies and other sort of goods that were in short supply in Nicaragua to various uh, communities and and rural outposts and so on. And uh, as part of a delegation with that organization, visited Nicaragua for two and a half weeks in mid-1986. That's actually the oldest photograph in the book, uh, is of uh, a woman and uh, uh, a child, I believe, in Leon or Matagalpa in, in the highlands of Nicaragua. So in that sense, my photography of Latin America began with that same trip. But that was when I first began to be captivated by the people, the politics, the landscapes, um, the music, you know, the culture more broadly speaking, the history, the architecture. It's, it's an extraordinary part of the world. Mm. 
Now, you know, I'm, I'm, as I'm flipping through the book, this is, this is a beautiful, um, photo book, really. And, and, you know, it's pretty seasoned travelers and, and people who, uh, uh, appreciate art. Um, your eye, Adam, is, is ex- extraordinary. And, you know, I love, I love the cover. And in fact, um, I invite our listening audience to visit our website traveln-on.com and go to the trivia page because we are um, giving a uh, a book away to a, a lucky trivia winner and the cover's on it but um, the couple that you have featured on the cover I mean they're just so captivating to me they're inviting and throughout the book you know whether it's the children, and, and I think the photographs of the children are my favorites, right? Um, or you know, just uh, some of the the you know some of the people in the various regions like uh, Bolivia and Brazil and Cuba, you actually capture something in their eyes, and there's very little uh, commentary underneath the photographs. But I think that was purposefully done Absolutely. by you, is not to provide. Um, not to describe the photographs themselves, but to let the pictures describe themselves. Is that correct? Indeed, and and I also wanted to be quite spare in my framing of the photographs. I really wanted to let the subject speak through the photography as much as possible and not have everyone saying, oh, what a jazzy angle that is or what an interesting effect you brought to that. I really wanted the focus very much to be on these marvelous people of, of every age and, and uh, both genders and, and pretty much every major region of, of Latin America. Um, and, uh, of course, that is the showpiece for those people themselves, and they are surely the most photogenic people that I've ever come across. Uh, you mentioned the image on the cover of the couple. Um, I very much hope that I'm going to be able to present a copy of the book to that couple because they are, uh, the picture was taken some years ago now, but in a small town called Trinidad in southern Cuba. And I'm heading back there actually in about a week and a half time uh, for a little bit of uh, Christmas break. And we'll be taking a few copies of the books for a couple of my Cuban friends who appear in it. And um, Trinidad is a pretty small place. I remember more or less the street where I took the photo, and it would—it won't be hard, I think, to get local people to to tell me to point me in the direction of that couple. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing the look on their faces when I, <laughs> when I hand them a copy of the book and say, "Look, you're famous." <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break here, um, but when we come back, we're going to continue talking to you just about what in- your inspirations and and uh, your experiences traveling through the region. 